Power is back. Thank God. All right. We, uh, that was, that was a great night that we had. Uh, I guess, do you want me to explain to the people? Do you want to explain to the people? Uh, go for it. So Wednesday, we were going to record in the morning. And then that, that was like a thing that didn't happen. So then we were going to do it at night. And we sat down uh, right after bedtime for the kids. And we were about to record. And as I hit the record button, the power went out. It was out for two hours. And then, um, yeah, we didn't end up recording. I ended up recording the hockey show with Anthony at like 10 o'clock that night. Went to bed at 1. Um, and then last night, Kyle was in the midst of coming back from the Nova Parade and opening day. I ended up recording the uh, Crossing Broad FC soccer show with Phil and got to bed again at like one last night. So there's content out there. Um, and that I think is like the one nice thing about Crossing Broad Podcast Network is in the event that something happens with this show and we're not, you know, recording a new one. Um, there are plenty of other shows that you should be checking out. If you haven't checked out Crossed Up a Phillies podcast yet with Bob and Anthony, you should do that immediately. If you haven't been checking out Snow the Goalie with me and Anthony or with me and Anthony, then you should really get on that. I don't know how much you like soccer, but Crossing Broad FC, the new episode is out. That's episode three. It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia dropped midweek. That's Kevin Kincaid's show. He had on a report, a, um, I think it's a reporter, a play-by-play guy from Los Angeles talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic's debut with LA Galaxy. So, uh, Kyle, we had a bunch of big news, but I, I guess the biggest thing for you is Villanova won the national championship. How are you feeling? Yeah, and to circle back on your things, all of the shows are good. I've been listening to all of them. Seriously, subscribe, especially Flyers, Phillies, soccer fans. People have asked why we don't have a Sixers podcast. Uh, the answer is uh, this is usually the, our version of the Sixers podcast because we talk about them so much, and we will be, and there's like 900 Sixers podcasts. Um, so this is just sort of the way it, it shook out, and I think we'll, um, um, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about Sixers on here, so that's, that'll be your Sixers fill for now. Uh, yeah, Nova. Um, I guess I haven't had a chance to say this to you, but... Uh, um, sorry, I was getting my morning coffee. Um, I didn't have a chance to say this to you, but Dante... Uh, how about that Dante DiVincenzo? He looked good. He looked really, really good. I how still, long have I'm, I been harping on him? I'm not going to dig my heels in here and say that I, I don't think he has an NBA career because it, it definitely he he proved that he's got things that uh, NBA teams are looking for. Wings are so hard to find in the league right now. Solid guard play is hard to find right now. He will have an NBA career. I don't know how big of an impact he's going to make, but his athleticism that he displayed late in that tournament, especially as I started watching them more, um, was something that I just flat out did not expect from him. So, yeah, it, yeah, and we don't have to, you know, kill on it. We're a few days out now, and I know people, you know, people probably got in their Nova fills. Uh, but I will say that uh, he, um, like, I don't. This wasn't really a surprise to me. I mean, if you'd seen him all year, like he does have this explosive scoring ability. I think his you know, torrid hot shooting streak was, you know, improbable. But I mean, that was the thing with this team this year. It was, they were just so good and deep that even if they struggled and were missing those threes early, like they always just had someone, they have basically six or seven guys who can get hot at any moment. Um, when you have that many, even if your team is struggling offensively or everybody else is missing threes, it's a good chance one guy uh, is going to go out of his mind for a little while. And that's exactly what happened here. And it was it was cool to see him on that stage do that. And um, we went to the parade yesterday. 
Uh, I'm getting used to parades now. As we were walking up, I kept referencing, oh, well, we were looking for a place to stand. And I said, well, last time we did, we stood here. We went this way. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying last time. Like, they're doing this two times in three years. We just had an Eagles one here. Um, for 34 years, I never had a frame of reference. I've been to countless sporting events and, um, you know, jersey retirements and, uh, you know, opening days. And it's like I, I've exp- – World Series. And I know what those things look like. I know what it's like from the moment you get out of the car, how many street vendors there are, um, you know, what sort of pregame intros there are. Like there's, you know, these – basic structures for all these different sports events we've become used to and good ones like you know like world series i've been to a couple three world series now you know all these things and it was like i never knew what a parade felt like and now it's like not only do we know what they feel like i i know what they look like in philly you know where where we hold the rallies you know how the streamers fall how they look on the streets like you know the the way the you know the way septa alters its schedule like all these little things it's now just becoming like routine and, uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy when the Sixers win in, in June. Well, that's, uh, that's I guess, worth talking about now I, Now that we got I'll, the Nova fill out of the way. I'll tell uh, you this. And, by the way, I went to all three yesterday. I went to Nova, uh, the Phillies, and the Flyers. Um, you went to the Flyers? Uh, yeah, I was texting you. I said, I I'm thought, here. No, I thought you meant, like, you. I think you meant figuratively. I'm here for the Flyers. Like, oh, I'm no, here, Russ. Like, like now, all of a sudden, I finally give a crap about the Flyers, and and I'm watching this game. You were at the Flyers. I've okay. been I've been breathing with this team all year, and it was such yeah. a nice payoff mm-hmm. to see that game last. Yeah, no, I went to all three. How so, do you think Nitamaki looked last night? God, that guy sucks. Um, uh, Elliot <laughs> Elliot sucks. He looked like Michael Layton on that side goal. Has he been like this all year? Oh my God! See, this is we, it's a question. We, it, we really shouldn't talk about hockey with just with you right answer, now. Humor me. Brian Elliott like just came back from a from a massive I understand injury. That. I understand so, that. No, Elliott's been really solid for them all season. Peter Mrazek, who they picked up at the at the deadline, has gone into full trash mode. Michael Neuvert still can't stay healthy, and they don't trust Alex Lyon. So Brian Elliott's going to be your starter. This is something we talked about on Snow the goalie. Um, he, he he's going to be your starting goalie when the playoffs come around. And, you know, the team typically plays better in front of him. They seem to trust him uh, a lot more. So it's it's his first game back in weeks. So there's going to be rust. Yeah, I get that. I Shout out to the guy who called in 97.5 after the game and cited his, or no, Joe Torty, who actually, I actually like on 97.5. I think Joe Torty is good. He, like, has intelligent conversations. But he was saying that he is a men's league slash college goalie and knew what it was like to come back from injury. And, you know, my dad was in the car with me, and he was sort of laughing, like, dude, really? And I was like, no, it's that was good analysis. There's not many goalies out there. And someone coming saying they know what it's like to come back after not playing for a few weeks and understands how you miss those, you know, the easy pucks and the fluttering pucks and stuff like that. I thought it was good analysis. So whatever. Shout out to him. Um but yeah, that, that was look. It was a great day um, seeing a championship parade, a home opener win, and a big late season near playoff clinching win in one day is about as good as you can get. Um, I mean, it, it was a great it was a great Philly sports day. It really was. Um, and but, perhaps and the speaking speaking of the biggest Flyers, really thing, quick, their their magic number is down to one, which yes. is awesome. So yes, and Chet, the Flyers put the Panthers. Uh, Bruins game on while they were doing their fan appreciation stuff and uh, greeting you know greeting the fans and giving them their sticks they had the game on the big screen so that was kind of cool that's awesome um you know didn't didn't help 
uh, we left for that game was over, but it didn't help that the uh, Panthers wound up winning. Um, but the biggest thing in Philly sports yesterday may have been, and this is what I was alluding to, the Kyrie Irving injury. Uh, yep. Now, I'm not one to sit here and root for injuries, but this has the potential to be massive for the Sixers. And note, the last time they were in the playoffs, they benefited from injuries to the Bulls. Uh, how yep. are you feeling right now? I think the Sixers could reasonably make the NBA Finals. Also, I saw Dario Saric last night. Uh, he is tall in person. I want everybody to kind of pump the brakes with with a, uh, just a, a little bit. So there are a few things that you need to keep in mind. Um, Kyrie Irving's injury is massive, not only in the short term, but also long term. They Not only is he out for the rest of the season in the playoffs, they're also talking about the fact that they are going to potentially need to explore further medical options following that surgery. So he's going to be out at least four to five months, but there there is a possibility that he has another surgery that's going to keep him out from the start of next season. All right, that's that. let's get that out of the way. Between him and Marcus Smart being out, uh, Boston is in a spot where they're pretty depleted. And uh, so I've, I've, I've been, I've been really big. He's never played for, well, he, he played what the better part of a game for them. So he doesn't count, but I, well, I get what you're saying. And no, 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 because does. it, he, well, he really doesn't because they managed to be the number one and then fall to the number two team in the Eastern conference the entire season playing without Gordon Hayward. So yes, right, like, this and, yes so next talk year about him coming so back too. And he's not, and now that he's not coming back. Well. He's barely, he's barely up to a jog in practice. He's not coming back for the postseason. Now, okay. if they make the Eastern conference finals, maybe they try to work him in, especially now that Kyrie's out, but I don't, I don't see that scenario. So let's break this thing down. Tonight's game between the Sixers and the Cavs is the biggest game to happen at Wells Fargo Center, and I would argue 10 years, because this game is what could potentially set up the difference between playing a first-round series against a Washington, which I don't like as a matchup for the Sixers, but I do think that with home court they would get past Washington, and in the second round playing a depleted Boston team. I still think that Boston with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and crew are still better than Miami. So... That means that in a second round matchup, you're playing a depleted Boston squad. And although you wouldn't have home court, I do think you would be in a much better position going forward in that matchup than you would if, say, you're number four. You have to play an Indiana team that just beat a Golden State team that, of course, doesn't have uh, Steph Curry. Indiana just beat Golden State. And I don't like that matchup. I certainly don't want to see them somehow fall to five, which I don't think they really can at this point. They have, a, I believe, a two game edge on Indiana. Um, I, I certainly don't want to play Toronto, and that's what your second-round matchup would look like. Toronto has shown some chinks in the armor, but that is still a squad that has such exceptional guard play that I'm not comfortable with that matchup, and especially because you're not going to have home court against them, and they've been lethal at home, as have the Sixers, but that that's just ultimately where I think that's a bad matchup for the Sixers. Now, if you manage to get the three seed, if you knock off Cleveland tonight, you take a half-game lead over them, destiny is in your hands, Like you hold your future, your fate. If it all works out the way that it could potentially happen in the playoffs, if you really wanted to go the full-blown, let's try to make a case for them to make the NBA title, the uh, NBA finals, they need to get the third seed. They need LeBron to do what he did a few nights ago, which is go and, and defeat Toronto practically single-handedly. And then that sets up a matchup where the Sixers would have home court in the Eastern Conference finals, which 
this is probably about as homerish as it could sound, but there is a possibility that it could happen. And the Sixers team has been not only beating up on poor teams and trash teams, they've beaten two uh, Western Conference playoff contenders in the last two weeks. And so, yeah, like when you look at a 12-game win streak, it's fair to, to ask what was the level of competition they were playing against. But again, what does a good team or a great team do? They they beat the hell out of these bad teams, and it's exactly what Philadelphia's been doing. Well, so, the other... The other thing I would add to your point about them beating, you know, beating teams that aren't good. First of all, they've done the last few games without uh, Embiid, which is notable um, because even against a a bad or middling team without your best player, you know, there's a reasonable thing like, oh, God, like there's, I think, a thought when he went out like, okay, he is the cog. We've seen the Sixers without Embiid and it's a different version. And uh, I get you're not going to be beating um, the Cavs or the Celtics without him, but it's been impressive how they've looked. And with him, they look utterly dominant. Um, the other thing, to your point, is, like, look, they should win a first-round series. Uh, we're, we've reached a spot now where they're absolutely favorites to win a first-round series, regardless of that matchup, especially if they have the home court advantage. The second-round series against potentially Boston, again, noting your point why this is the biggest game in 10 years. I assume you just mean Sixers in that uh, in that yeah, yeah, yeah. statement. And, of, yeah, I would, I would agree with you. Stanley Cup, yeah, you're right. And I yeah. would I would agree with you and put it ahead the twenty ahead of the twenty twelve playoffs because that was just a yep. team that was yeah like they, they had just, no future they just they overachieved going yep. they overachieved and you had Derrick Rose get hurt and Joakim Noah get hurt that was a yep. trash team they were playing yep I I agree with you um I, I would you know so I agree that it's the biggest game because you're right if they can get the Celtics um that's a series they should win I get that they're not going to be complete pushovers they're a good enough team um and they're you know deep enough to still be a formidable opponent, especially against a, um, you know, a young team's never been in the playoffs like the Sixers. You know, I mean, I, I, it's not a gimme, but it's certainly a winnable series, and they, they should win. Um, and then you wind up in a third round, like you said, against either LeBron or Lowry and DeRozan. And as much as I love Kyle Lowry, he has not been a great playoff player throughout his career. Uh, he had the famous walking off the court incident a few years ago, and very uncharacteristic for him, too. Um, he seems to have a little bit of trouble with that playoff pressure. My theory is less so that it's mental and more so that, um, you know, there are certain guys that transcend, you know, the ability in sport, LeBron, Kevin James, you know, Steph Curry, who were just on this, uh, when they take their game up did a you notch. Kevin James? Did I? It's, I haven't finished a coffee. Just, <laughs> just bear with me. Uh, you get what I'm saying. Uh, there are certain guys who are able to take their game to a complete another level in the playoffs. Um, Kyle Lowry, I don't think, and DeRozan for that matter, I don't think either of those guys are quite talented enough to be able to single-handedly carry a team for a stretch in the playoffs. Both of them are very good players, and I love Lowry, and, I, and DeRozan's great. But, you know, DeRozan's got, you know, sort of a an old-school-style game. You know, he's a, he's a he's kind of a, a late-'90s player, and, you know, he's got the long mid-range game, and he's athletic and all that. But, you know, he's not an excellent three-point shooter. They can't make it quite rain, even though Kyle's a really good three-point shooter. They're not quite big enough. Uh, you know, I don't know. All I'm saying is I feel like the Raptors are to be had in the playoffs just going on past precedent. Um, I know they've changed up their offense this year, and, you know, that worries me a little bit. But And you're right. Like, the Cavs are just LeBron at this point. Uh, 
the one the one thing I guess it, it's that's doable. Worth pointing it's out very is doable. Toronto went from looking like this unbeatable Eastern Conference force, and the the Cavs have been on such a roller coaster, especially since they gutted their team at the All Star break. There were there was a short span after the All Star break that it looked like Cleveland was going to be a legitimate contender. Then they fell off. They came back up. They fell off again. And the the win that they got over Toronto more than anything is is a massive head game because like Kevin Love is back. Um, the mix of players that they have, I still think, is not the most cohesive unit. But LeBron turns it on in the playoffs. And if you're Toronto at this point, Toronto has a history of, of like you were saying, they fold in the playoffs. It, it happens practically every year. Washington does the same thing. Washington typically ends up as a top three, top four seed in the East, and then they crap the bed in the playoffs. So, um, you know, that's why I guess as much as I don't like the Washington matchup, if you're a, if it's a three, six matchup, um, I, I still think that the Sixers can get past them just by virtue of home court and John Wall being mixed back into that team has been, um, I, I would argue, kind of a disaster. You look at what happened last night. The Cavs were down, I think, 17 in the fourth quarter, came back and, and beat that Washington team. And that that was kind of, not only was it a, a, a crippling blow, at least initially, it felt like a gut punch towards the Sixers' hope for that three seed. It made tonight all that much more important. But it also showed that Washington is not only beatable, but with mixing John Wall back in after injury, it, it's not a cohesive unit right now. The people who had been saying for a while that that team was better and played better team basketball without John Wall, I think are starting to feel a little bit vindicated seeing the way that he's been reintegrated. Um, anyway, those things are going on. Um, we need to make sure that we let people know about our sponsor, but especially Wednesday, April 11th at 7 p.m. at Six Feet Under Gastropub in Old City. It's like right off of, uh, it, it's underground. It's six feet under is what it's called. It's a gastropub. It literally is underground. It's just a stone's throw away from the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall. Um, we're going to be doing a live show with uh, our sponsor, I Do and I Will. People should come out to that. And it sounds like, based on the conversations I've had with the other guys, it sounds like most of the hosts from the other shows in the Crossing Red Podcast Network will also be there. So if you've been reading their stuff for a while and haven't had a chance to meet them, or you've been listening to uh, Crossed Up or Snow the Goalie or Crossing Brad FC or It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia, you know, that's the time to go out and try to meet, you know, meet those guys. And they're all nice. That's one thing that, that we have to give Kyle credit for is he put together a, a staff of, of guys who not only are good writers, but are also decent human beings and are very approachable in those situations. So, Except Kevin. He's an asshole. That's, no, I'm just, I'm just that's not. Kevin's the most chill human being I think we have uh, writing for the site. He, Kevin's, I I, Kevin's I, like, just perpetually like, yeah, cool, whatever. That's, yep. that, that's his like baseline. And I don't even think he's always stoned. I just think that's him. I don't... I don't <laughs> He really, he really is just super chill. Bob gets really heated really fast, especially when it came to uh, Gabe Kapler, which I guess we'll get to next. But, um, you know, he, he, he'll get a little bit fiery. He doesn't go full chihuahua like I do. But that's the dynamic there. Anthony is actually much more rational than I think I had expected. And after doing the <laughs> hockey show with him for a while, I realized that, like, Anthony and I could probably do a three-hour show every week, which we've, you know, restrained ourselves from doing. You should. But, Flyers fans would listen to it. Well, we did. The, we did, I think, over over an hour on Thursday. That's nothing. Which was good. Um, but, you know, he's he's uh, very he's very well, well-spoken in uh, – and it, it's – I don't know. I, I've actually been really impressed doing doing the, a show and then listening to the baseball show with Anthony because prior to, to this stuff, is, I had no idea. 
yeah, the thing with Anthony is his he's one of those people that his demeanor don't match their their writing style or it comes the writing then thus thunts is that a word i'm gonna make that a word thunts comes across differently after you hear Hence? them okay thunts i'm gonna go with thunts i don't know what um that is. okay i feel like i'm like that too i don't i know i'm just conscious about when i talk it's not how i like the tone i write in um but Anth- yeah anthony is seriously knows two uh, maybe more but certainly basketball um baseball and hockey very well and uh, I think sometimes in his writing style, he comes off as fired up or or takey, and I'm I know he's not. And I think once you listen to him and uh, realize that he's not as uh, you know irrationally angry as sometimes he might sound in writing, which I think is is probably some uh, how I come across too, like irrationally angry in writing, and then in person it's a little bit more tongue in cheek. Um, so yeah, it's a good listen. Uh, and one of the nice definitely. things is that you know people from the Flyers have been listening to our show. Which uh, you know we've we've been trying to stay out of trouble, but uh, there you go. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, should we talk about Skate Kapler thing? Yeah, Nick Williams came out last night, and in an article around I think it was posted around five thirty, he came out and said that um, Gabe Kapler's been texting him the lineup choices well in advance, and it's allowed him to stay up and uh, to to stay up and play video games and not feel guilty about it and he's never had anybody before who's you know texted him a lineup that far in advance this is this is weird and i don't know if he's the same guy who had given an anonymous quote to a reporter a few days ago but it really does feel like and and typically i would argue that philly fans are just being philly fans and we're making uh, a mountain out of a out of an anthill but there there is clearly dissension in the locker room yeah, look, I, I don't think, um, yeah, I, I to sum up the Williams thing, he first said, um, when asked about why he's not playing in the lineup, he said, I guess the computers are making it. I don't know. I don't get any of it, but what can I do? I'm not going to complain because I have zero power. Literally, while he's complaining, I'm just letting it ride. So that's on the manager. You know, that's his dig at the manager. And then the next thing, like you said, is he mentions that Kapler texts them late and that, uh, you know, getting those late text alerts allows him to stay up playing video games without feeling guilty about it. But he said he'll still continue to prepare as best as he can. Um, you know, those quotes probably look worse, and those comments uh, from Matt Breen article on Philly.com probably look and sound worse than they maybe were in person. But they are definitely concerning and part of a, a theme here after one week with, yeah, I think genuine dissension is is probably a reasonable way to put it. I mean, this is after what, you know, Adubal Herrera sits on opening day and he's upset after Aaron Nola is unhappy about being taken out. The Hobie, Will, the Hobie Milner thing, the comments to uh, the anonymous player comments to John Hayman for the game yesterday saying the capital just needs to get out of the way. We'll be fine. Um, I would like to think that it had to be some sort of an older player, maybe a Carl. I'm, I'm just speculating here, a Carlos Santana. I'm trying to think about guys who would feel confident in talking to John Heyman, who like have John Heyman's phone number. And I can't imagine it's a it's a young guy like Nick Williams. Wouldn't I it be something like if it were Arietta? It could be. It, it could. I'm be. not saying it is because he he obviously has no experience in a Phillies clubhouse. But as a guy who's you know played under Joe Madden, who's one of the best managers in baseball. Um, I, I think if anybody has the ability to talk about, you know, uh, a manager needing to stay out of the way, I think he would he would be an authority on this. Yeah, and um, there, it, there aren't you're that, right. You're right. There aren't that many guys that that you could really think about. Like un- unless Herrera is the guy who's. He might know, be, and there walking. might be 
But you're wondering, like, you know, how many guys does John Heyman have a relationship with? And it's got to be some level of veteran player. I can't imagine he knows any of the young guys. Maybe he does. I, 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 you know, again, we're just speculating. The point is, um, these are not good things to come out the first week. Um, and there's two parts of the Gabe Kapler coin. Um, one, um, he's beautiful in person. I went out there. I always like to go out for the walk-in and get some video when they walk in through center field. Uh, more beautiful than he is on TV, I won't lie. He's, be- he's got beautiful skin. Um, Jake Arrieta has a great beard, in per- even better in person. I- I'm amazed by that. Um, so I just thought I'd point that out. That's one thing. Uh, two is the fan reaction to him. Um, the boos were awesome yesterday. I thought it was funny. Um, when he came- The pitching change he made with 97 pitches was the correct call. Um, you know, a, 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 an average pitcher on his 97th pitch during a home opener, um, with a favorable matchup in the bullpen is a totally reasonable move. I think booing, um, we've now reached that point, like we always do in Philly sports, where we're going to get the, the overly aggressive boo and or cheer. Um, but it's, it's slightly, there's some malice to it. Like we used to boo Pat Burrell out of love. Um, there was no love yesterday with Gabe Kapler, but there was no, no reason to boo that pitching change. Booing him on the intro was uh, louder than I expected. I actually expected more of a smattering of applause. Um, so there is the fan reaction, which may or may not, kind of like the stock market, may or may not actually have anything to do with how he's managing. It's just sort of public sentiment. Uh, he's and got then, conviction, Kyle. He, yeah. Well, you know what it is? I don't think he did himself any... He didn't help himself with these decisions when he talked about it. We talked about this last week. He he answered it. He answered those questions like a guy who knows better than you. And I'm not trying to be hot takey sports talk radio guy here. I'm just trying to be like, if I was his PR guy, I'd be like, you have to understand the people of Philly. They see right through this stuff. We see right through it when people um, try and feed us a line, and and it it, it doesn't work here. Uh, so there's yep. that, and then the second part of it is the clubhouse reaction, which thus far is concerningly not good. Uh, this is a guy who's supposed to be all about, you know, the players and the relationships and all that stuff. And it's week one. And basically everybody hates him. Um, that's it's not a good sign. It's re- it's really not. Certainly isn't. Uh, we'll, of course, be covering this um, after the weekend. Hopefully the Flyers are able to clinch this thing. I think Saturday is their next game. They need to clinch a playoff berth. And of course, we're watching this Sixers game tonight. They need to beat Cleveland, go a half game up and then control their own destiny. Uh, we will be back on Monday. Uh, don't forget to check out Crossing Broad FC is dropping, uh, I think, momentarily. No, it's already posted. There will be a post on the site tomorrow. That's a show worth listening to. It's always Soccer in Philadelphia has a new episode out. Um, Snow the Goalie has a new episode that went out yesterday. And uh, Crossed Up will be back on Tuesday. We will be back on Monday. Uh, again, make sure you come out on Wednesday night, 7 p.m., 6 feet under Gastro Pub for a live show of Crossing Broadcast. Come out and meet your favorite writers and podcast hosts. We'll talk to you again on Monday.